0: got another hand clap of praise Oh you could do better than that Like the song says God loves you And in his love and because of his love everything is good in your life I said all is well in your life because of the love of God There is nothing missing There is nothing lacking. There is nothing broken. You have peace in your life because of God. Amen? Amen. So it's fitting that today we're talking about receiving your peace from God. It's about having an assurance of what that song is talking all about. That he loves me. He loves me. And Jesus, being the perfect expression of the love of God, being the perfect expression of the person of God has made all available to us by grace amen so father God we thank and praise you right now grab those communion elements because they represent exactly what we're talking about the expressed love of God the body of Jesus went up on that cross and was shared for you and I why because God saw it fit and he saw it as the way to redeem all men. His body indeed was a representation of the love. He took on the sickness, he took on the sin, he took on the disease so that you and I never had to. That sounds like love. So Father, we thank you right now. Jesus, we thank you for your body. We thank you that as a result, we can declare healing and wholeness in every area of our lives. And as we eat today we remember what it was that you have already worked out and what you have already done in jesus name you may eat in jesus we thank you for your blood i declare today that we are covered in your blood and because we are covered with your blood when god sees us he sees your sacrifice. It is that sacrifice that you have made that is represented in his blood that makes us right with God. While we are not perfect in our own doing, we are perfection in your blood. And so right now we stand in righteousness, receiving all that you have made available. And we remember today, as we drink, what represents your blood, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, you may drink. So, Father, we declare and decree that all is well in our lives, and we believe it and we receive it. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God another hand clap of praise. Thank you, brother. All right. How many of you guys are ready to receive the word on today. day? Yeah. Well, I'm excited to share it. Tell you what, God has been uh, speaking and we've been listening and we just thank God right now in advance for all that's going to come out of this. Bow your heads with me. Father God, we declare and decree today is your day holy spirit you are welcome into this place to move up and down every aisle in and out of your road, to touch heal, deliver set free and make whole if there's anything wrong in anyone's life today we declare that it is right and we thank and praise you right now for the power and the might of your word and we'll be careful to give you all the glory honor and praise for the victory in jesus name if you agree with that say amen amen all right are you ready I said, are you ready? It's like in comic view, they would say, are you ready for the next comedian? Amen. Uh, If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 6, and then we're going to go through uh, verse 7. And we're going to start off in the New Living Translation, and then we're also going to look at the Message Translation. Amen. So the title of today's message is called Receiving Your Peace from God. And this is actually a part two because we began this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Philippians chapter four, we're gonna start off in verse six. Uh, We're gonna start with the New Living Translation, however. So let's let's start there and then we'll go to the message after that. It says, let everyone, uh, okay. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, do what about it? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Did you know prayer was not just going to God and just giving him a laundry list of things that I want and that I need. But it's thanking him for the promise that it's already done. Then you will experience what? Y'all say it like you don't know it. Then you will experience what? See, I need you to understand first and foremost, this is not your peace. Peace. We're so used to talking about peace, and it's a peace that we manufacture and a peace that we try to get. I need you to understand that we're talking about today receiving God's peace. Many people didn't even know there was such a thing as God's peace. See, our peace has issues, but God's peace is perfect. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And we're talking about today, God's peace. This is a peace that will never fail you. This is a peace that will never leave you. This is a peace that God has designed just for me and you, and it is complete. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. I don't know about you, but that's a peace I want to have. It's a peace that other people don't get. They're like, how in the world? They just told them they were going to get evicted. They just told them they had cancer. They just told them that they were going to lose the baby. They just told them that they were going to lose their job. But there's something settled in the believer who is in God that says, no matter what they're saying, I know the truth based off the promises of God's word. And as a result, I have a peace. It's not just a calmness. It is an assurance. It is an assurance that God loves me too much to let me fail. Archie, I don't know if I believe that. First John 4, 8 says God is love. 1 uh, Corinthians 13, I think it's uh, chapter, uh, verse 8, uh, chapter 13, verse 8 says love never fails. So if God is love and love is God and love never fails, then God never fails. And if God never fails, then his peace will never fail me. And if I know God and I know his word, then I clearly understand that he only gives good and perfect gifts. And this gift of peace that he's given to me will never fail me. So I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what the eviction notice says. I don't care what the situation or circumstance says. I only care what God's word says. Well, but it hadn't manifested yet. Oh, honey, just keep looking. It's just a matter of time. Because, see, we're bound to time here here on earth. But in the spirit, there is no time or distance. See, what you're experiencing, as far as God is concerned, you have all that he said right now. now. When you get here to earth and gravity goes into effect and time comes into effect and all those things happen, it takes a minute for things to show up in the natural, yes. That's just a physical fact and law. But that doesn't mean it's not done. I said, that doesn't mean it's not done. Some of you seem like you take some convincing, so let's go ahead and continue to walk through this. It says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, this is a peace that I have and I can be assured of because it's not by my works. It's not by my doing. It is because of what Jesus did. If it was up to me and based on how good I am and how good I work, how many of you guys know that peace would fail? I would all of a sudden lose assurance every time I mess up, every time I have a bad thought, every time I make a mistake, every time I don't wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and take at least three hours to spend time with God, every time I miss a church service, every time I don't have enough to put in the offering, every time that my performance fails me, if the peace was mine, it would then my peace would fail me. But because my peace is founded upon the rock, because my peace is founded upon Jesus, he has finished it, perfected, and done it all. So I can stand assured, not in my works because I screw up, but 100% in him who has never messed up. It's a peace that comes as I live in Jesus. And that peace, that assurance, it goes on guard in your mind, your soul. It's the peace that protects you from all the mess that tries to come in. Here it is you've been trying to protect your own mind. I got to guard my heart. No, you can't guard your heart. That's why stuff keep getting in. You have to let his peace do the guarding. His perfect peace. He has a perfect guard mounted around your mind, but you keep clocking in trying I don't we don't I'm here to relieve you of your duty peace. We need to stop relieving God's peace of, of its duty and let us it do his job. Go with me to Isaiah 64, 4. Let me show you this. Because the moment we show up and begin to relieve peace of its duty, now God is going to, he created us, we're creatures of free will. So he says, now I got my peace on the job and it can do a perfect job, but since you keep showing up trying to run this thing, I got to back up and let you do it. Because I wouldn't be God who is love if I made you do what I want you to do. All God wants us to do is believe him and trust in the work that he's already done. But sometimes we kind of get in the way of that, amen? It says, for since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you. And a God like you who does what? Uh -uh, Uh-uh, that first W is something else. Who does what? Who what? Who what? God is working for who? God is working for who? Y'all like this? Like school? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. We're gonna learn something. Who works for everybody? Who works for everybody? No, for those who wait for Him, He is willing to work for us all. But He only can work for those who await. Why am I not experiencing the the love of God in my life? Why am I not experiencing overflow? Why am I not experiencing peace? Because when you go to work, he waits for you. God will not get in our way. And so he's like, hey, just just wait for me. Just wait for me and you will see all the things that I've already worked out on your behalf. Let's look at this in the Amplified. Uh, It says it's similar. It says, for from of old, no one has heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen a God besides you who works and shows himself active on behalf of him who earnestly waits for him. God has activity daily, moment-by-moment activity that he's trying to do for every believer who is willing to wait for him. But if I will not be at peace, I will then start to take action on my own behalf. And when I get involved and begin to take action on my own behalf to fix my own problems, I disrupt the work of God. It's not that I'm a bad person, it's not that God is punishing me, it's not that God does not love me, it's just I was ignorant of the fact that he had a plan that he was already working. And so I unsettled, not at peace, get involved, well, I think I'm just going to go and get this job over here, even though I'm working four jobs already, I I need more money, so I'm just going to go and get another one. And God says, that's that's not what I told you to do, I I I was working a promotion on your behalf. But if you were willing to wait for me, you would have saw. What is it that God is working on your behalf that anxiety and fear is pushing you to go go and get and mess up? I want to ask you to raise your hand, but have you ever messed up or frustrated the plan of God in your life and you found out a little later on that there was something in the works for you, but you just kind of messed it up? Well, this is the way to to avoid finding yourself in that situation, and it's it's called waiting for God and receiving peace. As I receive his peace, I will wait for him. But it is impossible to wait for God without being at peace. There's this peace that passes all understanding that causes you to, to rest in the assurance that all is well because God said so. See, many of us, we have a hard time receiving this and understanding this and better yet putting it into practice because we're so used to man letting us down with his or her words. We've been disappointed. We've been rejected. We've gone through all types of hell in our lives at the word and at the hand of man, but God is not a man that he should lie. I said God is not a man that he should lie. If he says it, it's done. If he says it, it's done. It's finished, and we have to get back to learning how to fully trust and believe God our Father. He says all is well concerning you. He says you're healed. He says you're whole. He says you're prosperous. He says his grace is sufficient for you. His grace is enough. I can't tell you how many interesting conversations I've had recently uh, with, with Christians, with believers who have a hard time even receiving and understanding this whole thing about grace, that we, we can't earn it, you can't lose it, your behavior doesn't get you into heaven, and your behavior can't kick you out of heaven. I know you've been taught that since Sunday school your whole life, but that's just not in the Bible. I said, it's just not in the Bible. I only saw some angels who are not the sons and daughters of God, by the way, who got kicked out of heaven because of their behavior, but show me one person, one soul, one spirit that God created that got kicked out of heaven. Show me where it says that in the Word, who lost their salvation. Show me, somebody show me. But we believe that stuff is a system of control that's disrupted our peace and our trust in God. And it's just not in the Bible. It actually says the opposite in several places. But all of that has been an attack and a disruption for you to think that God is mad at you, that he's upset with you, that the things that are happening in your life are because somewhere along the way you just aren't doing enough. And when we believe that way, without even knowing it for most of us, it causes us to lose trust and to lose faith in that little communion element in the blood and the body of Jesus. When you go to work and allow your peace to be disrupted, what you're actually saying is is the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus did not do its job. That's not what you mean to say. I know it's not what you mean to say, but that's what you're saying. That's why the scripture says you're making the sacrifice of Christ of no effect. That's what that actually means. It means that the sacrifice covered your sins, took care of everything once and for all is what the Bible says. But then we start seeing stuff happening, not working in our lives, and then we we get agitated and, and anxious and our peace gets disrupted. So we then start to go to work and not wait for God because there must be something I'm missing. Be careful, you're about to fall into the same trap that Adam and Eve fell into. There must be something we're missing. If you eat of this fruit, you'll be like God. You're missing this right now. You're missing something. So so here comes the temptation to to get something that you already got. They were created in his image and his likeness. They were already like God. That tree had been there that whole time. And they had never ate of it. It was only when the introduction of negative words came in that produced negative thoughts, that disrupted their peace, that disrupted their assurance, and disrupted their trust in God. And then the temptation came. I'm here to tell you that you need to shut off all the negative words that are coming into your life. You're wondering why you're having such a hard time trusting God, such a hard time believing God. You don't even like going to church no more because you hear the word and it, it, it makes you feel funny. and You think it has something to do with the church. No, it's something to do with you. You, you got to cut off all that mess. There's so much mess coming into your ears. It's messed with your peace. And now you're unsettled. The truth is the truth. And it's there. But there are so many messages coming at the Christian today between friends and family and social media and regular media and all this type of stuff, we receive all, this, all these messages that are just like the voice of Satan in the garden saying you're missing out. There's something missing. There's something broken in your life. There's something else that you need beyond this Jesus. There's something else that you need. Grace is not enough, yet your Bible says grace is sufficient. And I'm here to say that all of that's designed to disrupt your peace and to get you to start moving to fix your own problems. And this simply says, God is a God who works and shows himself active on behalf of him who would earnestly wait for who? For him. Say this with me. Say, "I I will wait on the Lord. Let me define really quickly uh, what waiting for the Lord means when you look at all of this in context. This waiting for the Lord means to look to God for consultation, to look to God for consultation, to rely on God before any human aid is pursued, to look to God for consultation and to rely on God. You know what it means to rely on something? You're relying on that pew to hold you up and not hit the floor. Amen. If you were not relying on the pew, you would be holding on to the side of the pew and relying on your arms. But you have you went and you comfortably just came right to that chair and assumed it was going to hold you up. Amen. How many of you guys checked the screws before you sat down today? You just trusted that it was right. Or you was gonna sue if you fail. I mean, you know. But you didn't think about it. You just came in and sat out. That's what it means to rely on God. Just come into his presence and sit out. Come into his presence and rest. There's no thought to it. You just simply believe. And that's what it means to rely on him. And a person who is waiting for God, that doesn't mean I'm just looking around, just, okay, eventually he's going to show up. No, waiting for him is a resting and a relying on him. And I go to him first before anyone else. When I'm waiting for the Lord, I expect from God first. I go to him before I try to work it out on my own. I said I go to him before I try to work it out on my own. Now, I know you're smart, but you got to go to him first. He has a plan that's better than your plan, I can guarantee you. He has a way that's way better than your way. I know you've had to depend on you your whole life, but now it's time for you to learn how to rest and rely and relax on what Jesus has already done. We have to understand that God is the source that we should be dependent upon. God is the source that we should be dependent upon if we want to wait for him. As soon as I initiate waiting for the Lord, I can expect something to happen. Why do you say that? Because of the scripture. As soon as I initiate rest, as soon as I let peace guard, as soon as I relax and let go of what I'm holding on to, I can 100% expect something to take place. Why? Because he promises it right here in this scripture. I'm active on your behalf. And I've never seen the activity of God produce nothing. Show me one place in the Bible where God did something and nothing happened. Is anybody waiting for a manifestation from God? Then it's so funny that to get something to happen, the idea is for you to rest and do nothing. Now understand what these men say, I'm just supposed to sit there and twiddle my fingers? No, it says in the scriptures right, that we read, before you pray, you, you expect, you confess the word, you believe. I'm talking about you don't get out there and start working things out on your own. I'll take a quick caveat right here. This is why it's so important to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says he will teach you all things. He will guide you. He will counsel you. And it is by the Holy Spirit, the voice of God on the inside of you, that he will tell you right, left, front, back, sit up, get up, sit down, whatever. He will give you your marching orders. If there is anything to physically do, if there is anything to physically say, the Holy Spirit will instruct you. But that's why knowing God is, is, is the key to all of that. Does that make sense? Somebody say, what if I just get some scriptures and just start reading some scriptures? How you, let me just, can, can we just tear down all the religious things today since we're just doing that? How many of you guys have been believing for some you got all these scriptures and you just start saying them and nothing still happened? Anybody? I know I have. Anybody, some of y'all like, yeah. How come? Well, if you actually read where it talks about the sore, being the word of God, it says that that is whose sword? The sword of who? Of who? And who's the spirit? Is that you? No, no, Holy Spirit, it's a capital S. It's the sword of the spirit. It's his sword. He will tell you how to use his sword. You've been trying to just, well, I I know the scriptures I need to believe on. I know what I need to do. So in all my knowledge and all my understanding and all my 30, 40 years of being saved, I'm going to get the Bible and I'm going to believe right here. Not understanding that he had a revelatory word in a particular scripture for you. And he was going to tell you, go to this one. Just having the word and knowing the word is not enough. The devil knows the word. But you have the advantage because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You have the owner, you have the author, and you have the wielder on the inside of you of that two-edged sword. And he will direct you on what to use so that you rightly divide the word of truth and it is effective in your life. If I want to be effective with his sword, I need to talk to him on how to use it. So I declare not another day will go by that the word of God will not be effective in your life because you will know how to wait for God and talk to the Holy Spirit on how to use his sword. I just think we've done ourselves a disservice over the years when we've taught some things in Sunday school, meaning well, but just didn't know, and we gave all them little kids a sword and said, here's your sword of the Spirit. (laughs) Not properly teaching that, hey, while while this is a sword that, that you hold, it's the one on the inside of you who tells you how to use it. If you understand that, say amen. Amen, amen. let's keep going. So uh, what promise from the word are you waiting for was what I wrote here. What manifestation of his grace do you believe is already made available to you? Now, when I wrote that, I put emphasis on one particular word, believe. Nothing will happen in your life. What, let me, let me say this phrase this differently nothing will be manifested in your life if you don't believe it. Has grace made everything available for you or not? Yeah, it has. Healing's made available, salvation, prosperity, all these things have been made available. Just like this speaker is here and it's, 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 it's available. But if I am to interact with that speaker, I have to move a certain way to engage it. Is that correct? That speaker is mine. It represents the manifestation of God's grace in my life, anything I'm believing for. But I am here. It is there. How do I get to it? I got to follow some instructions. So you tell me how to get to it. Walk towards it. What if I can't physically see it? So tell me how to get to it. You see it, I don't. I believe it's there, but I can't get to it. Turn right. Move forward. I'm facing forward. Jesus, I'm facing forward. (laughs) Turn left. See, somebody said, there it is. I still don't see it. I don't know. Ooh, there it is, your breakthrough. That's where some of us—some of us—are right here. They gave me a word and said, "There it is." And you still like, but I ain't experienced it. See, we don't—it's not enough just to know it's there. It, knowing it's there is important, because if I don't even know it, if I don't believe it's there, I'm not listening to the voice. So I know it's there. I'm listening to the voice, but I have yet to experience it. And many of us give up right here. What else do I need to do? Did somebody say jump? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just back up. Uh, so what I need to do? What do I need to do? Now you know what's interesting right now? What am I trying to do? I'm trying to hear. Listen to all these voices. Listen to all these distractions. Listen to all these different ways my family, my friends and social media and and, and my my education and all these things try to say, here's how you get to it. But there is one voice that has the answer that says, take one step forward, son, and it's right there. Now receive it. And that's how it looks when you're waiting for the Lord. That's how it looks. That looked like it took a whole lot of effort. No, all you got to do is believe, and then when you believe, you obey. Now, this is only for those who want what God has for them. For the rest of us who want to play church and who want to play the victim and who want to whine and complain for the next 60 to 70 years about how we've been so faithful, but yet I'm still waiting for God. No, you're not. You're waiting for God when you're hearing and obeying God. I am tired of playing church. I am tired of seeing believers not have what God has said is theirs. And I'm not, it ain't going to be not another pie in the sky message around me. We're going to talk and learn about how to get what God has for us because, guys, we got to be okay. What do you mean by that? We got to be okay because there's an entire dying and hurting world out there who doesn't even know him. They don't even have a chance yet without him. We are his children and he has already provided for us and we have access to it. We have to listen and obey so that we can have what we need so that we can go out and share it with other people. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Not spending 200 to 300 to 400 to 2,000 years trying to figure out how to actually believe him. He's like, you're my children. It's like the kids in my house, they're my children. They already have everything. But imagine for the next 2,000 years in the Collins household and for the generations to come, we're still trying to convince our kids that they're our kids. (laughs) And that they have everything that's available to them. And let's say we're trillionaires and there's all this money and stuff just sitting and all the kids that come just are still believing that that actually exists. So they never go and take hold of what's theirs And the world never gets a blessing from it. And that's what God is trying to say. He's saying, listen, go and get access to this. And it's not for just you. Yes, you'll benefit from it, but this is for the world. You got too much blessing for just you. You got too much anointing for just you. Why do you say that? You got all of God living on the inside of you. Each one of us have all of God living on the inside of us. That's too much God for this earth. For just you? You got all of God for just you? Think about that. All that healing, all that power. He gave you that to change a world. But as long as we keep allowing our peace to be disrupted, as long as we keep going into self-effort, we will continue to stumble around in the dark looking for what he's already made available to us with a veil over our face. Not the veil that was from the Old Testament. Jesus removed that. This is a veil over your mind of unbelief, saying that I don't, I don't, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know if I believe that. And we stumble around for 30 and 40 and 50 years, and then we die. And then our kids who were raised in that same religious mess, they grow up and they stumble around. And then eventually, in your generation, they just get tired because they didn't see it work for Nana. They didn't see it work for Daddy. They didn't see it work for Mama. So I'm just going to try Buddhism or something else because that don't work. Oh, I'm telling you what's going on right now today. It's hard to get a young person to even step foot in the church because they don't see nothing working in our lives. Oh, y'all don't want to hear the truth today. But I'm going after this thing full steam ahead. I don't care what nobody thinks. I care what God thinks. I've grown up in the church for the last 40 years. I don't even remember that, but my mom came home with me and my sisters. One of my sisters here today, who can actually attest to what I'm saying. Y'all heard me say this before. Y'all, are like, I don't know if I believe that. I just realized she'd been saved for 40 years, too. My mom came home, Tulsa, Oklahoma, I was three years old. Y'all getting saved? Okay. <laughs> we got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit that day. Me and my three sisters. I've been in a lot of churches. All around this nation and because of the global missions work we do all around this world. And I see the same problem. And that's why Dr. Dollar is going at it so hard with Pastor Taffy. A lack of manifestation of his grace in people's lives. And it all comes back to what we're talking about today. Folks don't really believe because they're being taught incorrectly. There is no peace and assurance in what God's promises are. There is no no relying on him, so it forces people into self-effort, and they try to work to get something that God already has, and they never achieve it. And they go to the grave, having done some good works, having seen glimpses of him because of his mercy, but never fully walking in sons and daughters of God. I declare today that that stops. That stops with the World Changers Nation. We will see the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. But we have to just back up and get these basics. You are saved. You are safe. Now be at peace with that and begin to hear God give you direction. If you understand that, say amen. Amen. Somebody said, we stopping right there? Nope, not yet. We're almost done, though. Go with me to Psalm 62, verse 5. Psalm 62, verse 5. And uh, let's go to the King James first, and then we'll look at the NLT after that. So as I am waiting for him, just like how you heard a moment ago, all those voices going and everything like that, one of the primary voices I have to quiet is, guess what? Minds. Psalm 62 uh, verse five says, my soul wait thou only upon who? Only upon God. For my expectation is from him. Verse six. He only is my rock and my salvation he is my defense, I shall not be moved. When he's my defense, I can't be moved. This goes right hand in hand with the scripture we just read about peace being our defense, his peace. When his peace is on guard, when he is the one defending you, when he is your fortress, when he is your rock, the winds come, the storms come, but they can't touch you because they can't move him. I'll say that again they can't touch you the circumstances of life can't touch you because you're in christ you're in him and they got to get past him to get to you and he ain't moving the only way for the circumstances of life to touch you is for you to leave the safety of his fortress and that's what a lack of peace will cause you to do it will cause you to step out from up under and where god has you and then you start getting whooped up wondering what in the world is going on Peace was your defense. You're not your defense. So let me get back into my peace. Let me get back and relying on him. Let me get back to trusting in him. And now guess what? I can rest. I'm I'm not going to be moved. Let's look at this uh, same thing in the uh, NLT. Uh, Back to verse 5. Yeah. Let all that I am wait how? Somebody say, just be quiet. Just be quiet. Let all of them wait quietly before God. Why? My hope is in him. Verse 6. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. Last version of the message. Back to verse 5. God, the one and only, I'll wait as long as he Says. People, how long am I supposed to wait? As long as he says. But I need a husband right now. As long, trust me on this one, y'all. As he says, don't you go to work looking for that man and he ain't told you to yet. Fellas, don't you go to work looking for that woman and he hadn't told you yet? He got an Isaac for you, you end up with an Ishmael because you're rushing God's plan. (laughs) Messed up, the whole world almost fooling around and doing your thing. I'll wait as long as he says. Not for some things, everything I hope for comes from him. So why not? Why not wait if everything I hope for comes from him? He's solid rock under my feet, breathing room for my soul, an impregnable castle, an impregnable castle, Castle. can't nothing get in where he is. And I like the word impregnable, nothing can come in and produce when God is your guard. Oh, the words may try to come, but they won't enter in, and they will have no conception within your mind. That's his promise. The only way for those words to come in and produce is for you to let the guard down. You to lower the drawbridge and to let the enemy in. I don't know about you, but I don't think anybody in this room is trying to lower the drawbridge and let the enemy in. Well, how do I keep him out? Stay at peace and wait for him. Go all the way back to verse one and take our last 10 minutes and just hang out here for a second verse one uh and let's go and amplify uh you know what no just leave it in the message leave it in a message and we'll just uh roll from that and we'll go all the way down to verse eight it says god the one and only i'll wait as long as he says everything i need comes from him so why not he's solid rock under my feet breathing room for my soul an impregnable castle verse three I am what? Oh, sorry. Go back to there. I'm set for what? I'm set for what? So this ain't a part-time thing. This ain't a sometimes thing. This is not something that's going to fail at some point in time. He said, I'm set for life. How long is life? How long is life? Forever? 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 Yeah. I'm set for life. Verse 3. How long will you gang up on me? How long will you run with the bullies? There's nothing to you, any of you. Rotten floorboards, worm eaten rafters, ant hills, plotting to bring down mountains. Far gone and make believe. You talk a good line. But every blessing breeds a curse. God, the one and only, I'll wait as long as he says. Everything I hope for comes from him, so why not? He's solid rock under my feet, breathing room for my soul, an impregnable castle. I'm set for life." Next verse. My help and glory are where? In God. God. Now, by the way, for the self-effort folks, what's, what's my work in all of this? Rest. You know some of the hardest work you'll ever do is to rest. You see it right now in your natural life. I told y'all y'all better go get your tans. I'm declaring tans on everybody this summer. (laughs) The hardest thing for most of us to do is to rest. It is some of the hardest work. It is one of the hardest jobs that some of you will ever face. It's to learn how to rest. My help and glory are in God. Grant it strength. And safe harbor God. Grant it strength and safe harbor God. He's describing the type of God he's talking about. A God so strong, he's as strong as granite. And he is a safe harbor. You can come into him and rest. Praise Praise so the boat does. When it comes to a safe harbor, there are no rocks it has to worry about. There are no trip-ups. There's nothing that's going to hang it up. He says, so trust him absolutely, people. Here's where your work comes in. After you've trusted in him, after you've hoped in him, after you know now you're okay, now I lay my life on the line for him. His desires become my desires. What he wants me to do, I'm listening now because I've learned how to follow him to the manifestation of the blessing for my life. So I continue now in that in my daily living. But I'm not trying to live daily perfectly to get what he's already given me. That's a gift. And I have practiced hearing his voice. I have practiced trusting him. I have practiced being at peace. So I know how to hear him and follow him to all the good. And I also know how to now hear him and follow him to all the work that is to be done. So now I can lay my life down on the line for him. Because I already know that God is a safe place to be. If you wanna know how to receive God's peace, you just simply need to learn and practice waiting for him. Hearing him, trusting him, relying on him, and then obeying him. God loves you, he is not mad at you, he is not withholding a thing from you. It is time that you receive your peace from God and wait for the Lord. If you agree with that, say amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. Did you get anything out of that today? Hey, Amen. Well, i tell you what, I'm, I'm so excited. We're going to continue uh, on uh, this line over the next several weeks. Um, in a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about receiving the peace of Jesus, and then we're going to continue to talk about how to avoid um, this works-based self-performance Christianity. Uh, we're going to attack that with everything within us because I believe here in the city of Houston, the enemy is still trying to operate with a stronghold of religion. Amen? And part of the assignment that Dr. Dollar has given Pastor Melissa and I is to uh, be distribution, uh, be a distribution point for the gospel of grace here in our great city. And I can't again, I can't tell you, amen, amen. And I can't tell you, how many times we've had conversations with different folks and they just, mean they're holding on the best they can to this performance-based Christianity. And we're just gonna do everything we can from having worship services and conferences and all this stuff following the leading of the Holy Spirit uh, just to continue to inject the gospel of grace into our city. Now, here's the good news. We're not alone, we got you. I said, we're not alone, we got you. And we're gonna spread this gospel of grace all over our city. And then all over our region and all over our state until the entire state of Texas is just saturated with the gospel of grace and with the truth of God's word. So you get ready. It's about to be good. Amen? Amen. 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 Father God, we just thank and praise you for today. We thank you for your word that was shared. Uh, We thank you for the revelation we've received from it, and right now, Lord, we just uh, continually yield ourselves to you, and we thank you uh, for the wisdom that you're giving us, and and the rhema word, the voice behind the word of you speaking to us. We we pray over every note that was taken, Lord, every uh, thing, every instruction that was given, and I pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, for supernatural understanding and supernatural ability to operate all this week in your peace. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Holy Spirit, in being obedient to you right now, I pray for every person in this room that has received a negative report from the doctor. And I say in the name of Jesus, your report is the report that we will believe. So I declare health and healing right now in Jesus' name. I declare that every cell operate as you have designed it to. Every organ is renewed in the name of Jesus. I declare it by the blood of Jesus, we are healed and whole, and we thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say Amen. 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 Well, if you are um, looking to sow uh, today, uh, now is a great time. Uh, at the end of every one of our services, we give an opportunity. I like what Doctor Dollar used to call it—opportunity for prosperity, but it's an opportunity for you to trust in the prosperity that God has already given you. Because our old understanding was that we would look at Malachi and we would say, man, if you don't give, then then you're not going to be blessed. How many of you guys know know that was incorrect? It was correct for Jewish people under the law, but incorrect for grace-based believers. Thank God for understanding. You are blessed because of what Jesus did. But does that mean that tithing is bad? No, Abraham tithed 430 years before it was a law. But he tithed not to get something from God, he tithed simply to honor God. He said, Lord, uh, you gave me all of this, so I'm gonna give a 10th back to you. Tithing is actually a sign of spiritual maturity. Can I say something and not freak you out? We all should tithe, but I don't necessarily expect everybody to just yet. Because you have to trust God to tithe. You got to have some peace to tithe. And I'm here to tell you, if you trust in him and the Holy Spirit directs you to tithe and you do it, oh, manifestation is going to be there for you. Harvest is going to be there for you. That's a promise from his word. See time and harvest, all that works. But if you just give money and you don't believe, let me just know nothing ain't going to happen. And I'm not here to lie to you at all. I'd rather you just give what you purpose to give and keep the rest to do what you need to do. Because if you don't believe, ain't nothing going to happen. And I'm, again, I'm tired of playing church with people. But well, just keep giving until you believe. No, you just ain't going to be able to pay your bills. I'm your pastor. I'm going to tell you the truth. The word works when you believe it. So when you give today, if you got $20 belief, psh, do that. The widow had two might belief. That's all she had. And Jesus stopped and said, now she's given more than the people who've given much in quantity. There was a greater value on the two copper coins than there was on the greater money that those other guys put in. We get caught up in the quantity and the the value that, that way. God's looking at your heart. He says, will you believe me with the $10? Will you believe me with the $5? Will you believe me with the 50 cents? Whatever it is. He's just looking at your heart. He wants you to know him and believe him with whatever it is that he's talking to you about right now. And if that be the tithe, great. Well, Archie, I don't know if you should say that because if you do that, then people are going to give less. You know what? I found out to be the opposite. The more I've talked to you guys like this at the end of our services, the more y'all been giving. Y'all been giving more and more and more. Why? Because we took the guilt out of it. Took the pressure off of it. Told you the truth of the word and say, you give what God is telling you to give, and then let your faith grow. See them show up at the 50 cents, see him show up at the $5, see him show up at the $20, whatever. And then you'll start saying, you know what? I think I'm, on, I think I'm gonna do that 10% thing they're talking about. And watch him show up. And then the Holy Spirit give you a budget <laughs> and a plan and, and show you how to operate this thing maturely. We're gonna do a whole series just on grace-based giving and tithing as a grace-based believer. So I, as, as he instructs me, I hope y'all don't mind me taking an extra minute or two at the end of services and just repeating and, and, and reminding you about this thing that we're coming against guilty giving and we're just going to trust God. Amen? And I declare that every need is met in your life. Did you hear what I said? I declare that every bill is paid. I declare that you see the manifestation of blessing all over your life. Continue to trust God, especially in your giving. And I come against the spirit of mammon that would try to get you to trust in money and the things of the world more than God. So, Father, we sow this seed, be it by text or be it by envelope, and it's a seed of peace today, Lord. A seed of waiting for you, a seed of trusting you. And Father, no matter the amount that is in this envelope or that was in that text, Father, you see it all the same as worthy. And we'll give you all the glory and praise for victory that comes as a result. In Jesus' name we pray. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen, ushers you may serve the people. As they're doing that, if you're in this room and you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, uh, if you're in this room and you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and you want the Holy Spirit not just in you, but on you to do the work that God has called us to do, Uh, or if you have not found a good church home and you're looking for a good church home that's gonna teach you the truth of God's word and share the gospel of grace with you, you have found the right place. So uh, if you want any of those three things, we're gonna ask you to come down here to the front. We're gonna pray with and for you on today. I'm gonna ask everybody to stand to your feet really quickly, and as they do that, go ahead and minister to those who are around you. Ask them if they need prayer for salvation baptism of the Holy Spirit, or if they want to join the church. If they would say yes on any of those things, then please help them come down to the front. Let's just minister to those quickly around us right now. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to pray uh, our benediction, and then many of you guys know that we're celebrating our graduates on today, as well as having our uh, new members uh, breakfast, uh, what was it, brunch? Uh, Lunch, brunch, breakfast. We're having some food outside for the new members. And uh, we're going to be enjoying that uh, for all of our new members who have joined our church this year. Uh, last year was a year of growth this year is already a year of growth and we're excited about what God is doing so we're gonna have dual events happening today but for those of you guys who need to go we understand and we're gonna go ahead and pray our benediction right now so just raise your hands with me father God I thank and praise you as we leave this place we go in grace we receive your peace we will wait for you now unto him who is able to present us faultless before the Almighty God and keep us from falling to him be glory majesty dominion and power both now and forever Holy Spirit, continue to minister this word to us as we meditate on it. We thank you that we will have good success. And we thank you for these things. In Jesus' name we pray. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 We love you guys so much. For those of you guys who are going to hang out with us, um, Melissa, what are we doing next?
1: Okay, so for those who have become members for this year, 2019, we actually want to go ahead and release you. Um, If you have children in the children's ministry, go ahead and pick them up. And we want to serve you first. So if you want to head out, grab your children, or head out to the tables, we want to serve you first. Um, can I have our graduates that have either graduated from? Everybody can be seated.
0: Yeah, for those who are hanging out for the graduate uh, ceremony, you can hang out. For those of you guys who just want to celebrate with us, feel free to hang out. It won't be long.
1: So can I have our graduates that have um, graduated from high school? As Let's well give it up, up for college. our graduates.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: <laughs> Our master's degree graduate. Yeah. Ooh, Nicole Johnson. Well, amen. Well, guys, uh, these guys have these four have graduated from high school, uh, and all are headed to uh, various colleges and locations. As a matter of fact, if you guys wouldn't mind saying your name and uh, and where you're headed, so everybody know how to pray for you and support you. My
1: name is Michaela Howard. And I will be going to the Prairie View A and University. The Prairie View A <laughs> um, My name is Avery Collins, and I'm going to Texas Bible Institute. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jaden Harmon, and I'm going to be going to Centenary. Yeah. My name is Daryl Flowers. I'm going to Texas Bible Institute. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, President Johnson. I've already graduated from UT. Yeah.
0: So uh, Pastor Melissa spoke a great word earlier over all of our graduates, and so I won't add to that by far. Uh, but uh, guys who are graduating, we just want to commend you and say job well done. Um, you know, you guys have labored and everything we talked about today and the message about receiving God's peace and following him. I know y'all have done, just from my conversations with y'all, of trusting God to get you through from uh, elementary to now high school, as well as college and masters. and so. Uh, We're going to pray over you guys and just declare the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Do me a favor, stretch your hands towards them as we pray for them. Father God, we just lift up these, your precious sheep. Father, we thank you for every student represented here, Father. We pray in the name of Jesus as they continue forward in your plan and your uh, activity for their lives. They will continue to trust you. May your desires be theirs. May may, uh, your peace mount guard all around their heart, Father, as they move forward in your plans for their life. Father, we pray, especially over our children, Father, as they step into a whole new world, a different world, Father, we thank and praise you that you will be the same God, the same God that they worship, the same God that they know, the same God that they have relationship and fellowship with. Father, we thank you that they will be a light and a place that may have darkness. We thank you for the encounters that they will have and the opportunities to be our radiated vessels of your love. We give you all the glory and praise for any need that arises financially, mentally, spiritually, that you have already met that need and we will be careful to give you all the glory out and praise for the victory that comes from all of their lives in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. amen. amen.
0: Let's give God a hand clap of praise for our new graduates.
1: And we have a gift for you all.
0: Amen, so every graduate will be receiving a gift from you guys, amen. <laughs> And also, I think the team ministry has uh, something they're going to do as well.
1: Okay, here, In-Yang. Th- Hi, I'm In-Yang, and I'm the youth pastor for WCYE Houston. And I just want to speak really quickly to the teams. I promise it won't be long. But literally, I've been with, these t- <laughs> I've been with them since they were... Um, I think like maybe even 11 or 12, and just to see them grow and see them become the people that they are and be able to walk with them, talk with them on the phone, joke with them, laugh with them. It's like I'm like watching my children go. (laughs) And it's just been such a great honor just to be y'all's pastor. Don't look at me. And we're just really excited that we were able to share this moment with you. And we just wish you the best. We love you so much this is your home, please come back, we're gonna miss you. And with that, we do have some gifts for you guys. So if y'all can just give it up for them, they've worked so hard for just being who they are, and we just love them so very much. Thank you.
0: Amen. Well, guys, I know we have families here uh, who are loving on them, and thank you for all the youth leaders. Uh, And thank you, parents. Where are the parents of all of our kids that are down here? Would you just stand and let us acknowledge you, parents? Yes, Mike, yes, Kathy, husband, me and Melissa, this is our little girl. Uh, and we just want to thank all of our parents. Uh, and even, and, and we've all parented everybody down here at some point in time. And so we just all receive them as one big family. So we're so proud of you guys. So uh, as Nyang said, we expect to see y'all back. Don't be disappearing over the summers, unless you're at school uh, and, and just continue. Now, now, how many of you guys have gone away to school? Anybody here going away to school? Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it unashamedly, uh, I used to, we went to Oral Roberts University, that's where we met, and I used to always be excited about the kids who would get these little care packages, you know, uh, that, that just took care of them and helped meet the needs that they had. Don't forget our kids. Amen? We're going to be doing things to so into their lives while they're away in college, but I want us as a family to come together and just make sure there's not a toothbrush that they need that they don't have, there's not uh, a tuition fee or something like that that they need that they don't have. How many of you guys know we need to invest in our kids? Or just cookies because the lunchroom is closed, Melissa said. And, and uh, they don't have to sit there and do what we did. With, we used to brush our teeth before we went to sleep because it would tr- trick our stomach. Well, at least I did. It would trick my stomach, uh, you know, so I can make it to breakfast the next morning. So if it gets real bad, fellas, that wouldn't work. Uh, but let's just make sure our kids have everything they need while they're away. Amen? So make sure you get their contact information so that you can stay in touch with them and love on them. Do you guys want to say anything before you go? All oh, right, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. It's on. Okay.
1: Um, I just want to thank everybody for um, supporting us, being there for us, sewing into the team ministry and like helping us experience things like the conference and discovery camp because all of that really shaped us into who we are today. So I really appreciate all of you guys, even if you guys don't know us by name, but we appreciate everything that you've done to In Yang, to Tyrone, to Shima, to Charday. We love you guys so much. Thank you for every every everything for being my best friends. And I'm gonna miss you guys. I love y'all. Okay, I just wanna thank y'all for like just being in my life and like being with my parents and like um, just really helping us grow this church. We would we couldn't have a church without you guys. So I just really appreciate everybody coming out and like just having church with us and just doing life with us um, every single Sunday even though church isn't just Sunday and Wednesday, it's an all week thing. I just thank you guys for just really pouring into our lives and just being around for me, everybody, like my dad said, everybody has parents at all of us at some point. So I just thank you all for that. Um, I just want to say thank you um, for everything that you guys have provided for the team ministry. And it, it definitely doesn't go unnoticed and we appreciate it so much. And I'll uh, all my, uh, sen- um, not seniors, my, my, uh, my youth group, uh, Keep it up and make sure you stay connected with everything and we won't be too far. I'll miss you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody know I'm not the one with speeches. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To Yang. (laughs) thank you for just being there for me, whenever time or place, you know, and just for being that one sister that I have three, but you are one of them. And Thank you for Shima. <laughs> thank you for Shima and Tyrone for being those cousins that were just brought me to church every day, and that molded me into the person I was. And thank you for Archie and Ms. Melissa for just being those, that dad and mom. And thank you for being that dad I never had. And I just thank y'all for being my friends, and those true friends I never had, you know, the ones at school, you know, you go home, and you just don't see them, you don't really mess with them. I really mess with y'all, I love y'all, and you always be my family. I love y'all, and that's all I got.
0: Oh. Amen. Not that y'all made everybody cry, huh? <laughs> we love you. Oh. So if you guys want to come on down and love on them, and Uh, feel free to, but I don't know a better way to end uh, today other than that. So we love you guys. Uh, Feel free to hang out with us. Feel free to grab a bite with us. Uh, This ends our ceremony that is so informal. Uh, So we thank you guys so much, and congratulations again to our graduates. Let's give it up for them. (laughs) Amen, you are dismissed.